Morris is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself as Martinez 5. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie of the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning, everybody. And welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Welcome to another edition of this show being your first place to react after you've had a little bit of time to calm down, to take things in to not overreact in the immediate aftermath of a fifth straight Nebraska loss. Holy crap, I just realized that. Maybe I'm the problem here, Caleb. This is the fifth year I've hosted this show after Black Friday, and it's the fifth straight Nebraska loss. So what happens when we get things Take me started off the here? air right it, now. It, 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 it's you for five there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Jack for, um, for Fantasy Huskers, the three years on that. Yep, yep. I mean... We're not we're not trending in the right direction here, but I, I'm, one, I'm sure that I'm sure that everybody would agree that it fault lies with us. One in four since I got here. Overall, overall, yeah, Nebraska with just the the win over Maryland, yeah, yeah. It's it's been rough going, as everybody <laughs> out there knows. Hey, if you're listening and you want to get involved in today's show, let's get things cranked up uh, right now. We don't have any guests; it's just Caleb and I. That's Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Uh, we are here for you, and we want to hear from you. Um, hit us up on the Facebook page or Twitter page at KLIN Huskers. Um, I'm at Stukenholtz. He's at I Caleb Henry uh, with a K. Uh, or you can call us at 402 479 1400. We do not open the phones up on this show very often, but uh, Black, Day After Black Friday is the uh, main exception to that rule. Um, so get in line now if you want to uh, chime in with your thoughts. Speaking of lines of Black Friday, is your, is your shopping done? Oh no! <laughs> is it? It's is not it Cyber like, Monday yet. Is it? Are we in the twenties of December? <laughs> then my shopping's not need that done. Amazon overnight. All right, so <laughs> let's. There's all right. There's a lot to dig into. There is so much to unpack. We we are gonna do. We're gonna lo- do a little bit of year end. You know, like the whole season thing. But right now, I wanna I wanna dig into the Iowa stuff. And I so Caleb, this is what I want to start with. We were. You know, we're, we're watching the game unfold upstairs in the press box. We're on the field for late fourth quarter. Uh, we're talking to players and coaches afterwards. And I just, I came to the realization that now that we're into the offseason and there is there is a super outside shot still of a 5-7 and seven Nebraska team getting a bull bid, we'll go over that scenario in a little bit as well. Um, but... We're essentially out of game season and back into what I what I've heard called and what I like to call talking season. Oh, very much. I like that. I like that term there's, for it. There's too. no other way to get it. It's, it. There's no. There's nothing else to point to. There's spring, which is fine, but spring is essentially talking season too because you're just you're just trying to hype stuff up. There's been a lot of talk since Scott Frost arrived. A lot of talk when he was hired. A lot of talk before year one. A lot of talk in, you know, during year one in the off season and leading up to year two, a lot of national hype, um, and and you know, national hype I think outweighed the local hype by a mile. And then the season happened, and you've got you know seven losses, four of them by one score. Mm-hmm. Nine of the fifteen losses in the Frost era have been one score games. It's not to say Nebraska didn't win a few of those close games; they did. Uh, but by and large, they went against the Huskers. Talk starts to ring hollow as the losses pile up. And you start to wonder how far the fan base can go. How long does each individual follower of the program maintain hope before things start to turn? There's there's plenty of people out there who were they were off as soon you know, the first sign of bad. Um, you know, maybe it was uh, the loss to Troy last season, just in the second game. Uh, maybe it was the Northwestern game that dropped him to 0-6. Maybe it was a 4-8 season that meant no bowl game and losing to Iowa. Maybe it was 
you know, whatever happened this season. It doesn't matter what it is. There's a different moment for that individual, uh, no matter who it is. I've gotten to the point now where my off-season motto for this program, to literally any development, good. Now go figure it out. Yeah. Like, hey, a new recruit committed. Good. Now go figure it out. Did a player enter the transfer portal? Was he a contributor or not? I don't care. Good. Just figure it out with who you got left. Did a coach leave the staff? Did you hire somebody new? Great. Go figure it out. There's no more room for talk to get me pumped up or excited or optimistic. Look, I'm going to have trouble getting to 8-4 and four for next season. I don't think I'm going to see anything between now and that start of uh, when we get to September 2020 that's going to talk me out of seven and five or maybe even six and six. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially looking, I don't at even that care about. I don't even care games. about what you know. The, the start of the schedule is great. The end of the schedule is awful. We can go over that too. It's just there's nothing that can convince me until I see changing, uh, changing cl- play calls, changing. Uh, decision-making, changing execution, changing scheme, changing whatever, until I see it on the field, it's not going to impact how I perceive 2020 to go because the talk has happened. It's not been enough because the play on the field has been what it is. It's a results-based business. There's just a point where you just have to say enough. I'm not going to listen to it. I mean, obviously, I'm going to listen to it. It's kind of my job to listen to it, (laughs) but... It's not going to sway me in any way. It's their job to try. That's fine. But I'm done with it. Talking is it talking, and, and my motto is just, that's fine, good. Just go figure it out on the field. I think the Iowa game more or less encapsulated the entirety of the first two years of the Frost era. You had... Things look about as bad as they possibly could. Yep. The the big plays, um, think about that. Iowa's only touchdowns came from from 45-plus. All three, 45-plus. 45, 55, and 95. And that 95-5 obviously being the kick return. Yep. Uh, but that tells you that when Nebraska actually made them have to drive... Iowa wasn't really getting anything. Now, let, let's not kid ourselves. This is not a good Iowa offense. And that's not a shot at Iowa. That is a Hawkeye fans know. And I even, um, one of my friends, Andrew Downs there, he even tweeted out after the second 55-yard run, which was, I was just looking at that going, oh man, we're just bleeding. Uh, he even said, the Hawkeyes are known for their quick strike offense. Hawkeye fans know what they had on offense. Yeah. And Nebraska was just giving them everything early. Um that said, that is the way Nebraska had looked at times, just giving up big plays, the kickoff returns, things that seemed like they shouldn't have happened, but they did. And then things after that defensively changed. Offensively in that first half, we're, we're just seeing what's stuck on a wall. I know there are play packages, it's the last game, but in the first half, you had uh, three Huskers and one Hawkeye throw to a Husker player. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite stats. By the end of the game, you'd have six different players throw to a Husker. Well, well, almost. You'd Missouri have six, would have. Okay, you'd have yeah. five throw to a Husker, a sixth that wanted to because of the play call. Yep. Um, so that first half, and I mean, you were up there in in the the press box with me, Cole, and that mood and that feeling was, well, here it goes. This is it. This is how the season's going to end. Um. Husker fans booing as it gets to halftime, yep. the, the product that, that that was for the first 30 minutes. Come out of halftime, and Nebraska forces four straight three and outs on defense. I, I think Iowa only got, what, like two or three first downs in the whole second half, and those were all in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, two, two of them being on that very last drive. That happened. Nate Stanley just continuing to throw over the top. Um, and we can get into that last drive a little bit later, those last couple possessions. But the Nebraska offense that came out in the second half was, oh, wow, look how all of this looks. Dedrick Mills, 15 carries in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, Iowa had the ball for in that third quarter for only three, three minutes and change. 
for an entire quarter. Think back to the Wisconsin game. That's when Nebraska looked really good in that first quarter against Wisconsin because Nebraska had the ball, ran the ball. I'm never going to be run-the-ball guy, but that's what worked for Nebraska in that third quarter, tied things up, and then obviously you get to things not looking, going back and forth, a lot of that being field position in the fourth quarter. Late penalty hurts, kills the drive. Iowa goes and kicks the field goal. Darian Daniels summed up all of that, which brings me to exactly what you were saying, Cole, on Just Figured Out. He got asked, what was the difference coming out of halftime on what happened in the first half to what they did in the second half? And he just said, we figured it out. Yeah, We communicated. Uh, we, we, we knew what we had to do, and we just went and did it. And I believe that's exactly your point. Figure out what that product is, what needs to get done on the field, and just go do it. Mm-hmm. Because once you do it, you can throw a lot of bones. You can you can get up and get excited. I know Lamar Jackson talked about that, that the last couple games here, obviously one and two in these last three, but if you would have told me coming out of Indiana and Purdue that Nebraska would look this good predominantly over these last three games, I would not have really believed you. Um, especially defensively, what they were able to do to Wisconsin, and then offensively, what Nebraska was able to do overall um, in that second half, especially that third quarter against this Iowa defense. So you can get up and you, you can do all the talk ahead of time, but I like seeing the the celebrations. I like seeing the fight in the guys. Uh, there were some almost actual fights that broke out yeah. yesterday. There was some great fire, and I thought the, the Iowa game just overall encapsulated what the first two years have been. As low as you can get, as high as you can get, and then a, just a gut punch at the end. Yeah. All right, we want to hear from you, 402-479-1400. Uh, we've got the phone lines open all show. Um, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, you can do that as well. Um, let's. So one of the things that stuck out in that second, and you mentioned, you know, Iowa was, wasn't able to drive the ball really without those two big plays. Iowa's longest drive of the game was their last drive of the game. It yeah. was 44 yards On to two, set up, yeah. yeah, essentially two big completions to set up that last field goal. Um, that was it. Um, they had four first downs in the fourth quarter. Two of them were on the drive that ended in Nebraska territory where Nate Stanley did that pooch punt, and then the last two were on that, that last drive. Um, and that was that was all they needed to get into field goal range. Where that was earlier, I don't know if Nebraska. I mean, Mo Berry talked a little bit about the coverage. It was an inverted cover three. Uh, it was a zone. Iowa found the hole in the zone. It was in the middle both times. It was a different uh, different player. It was a wide receiver on the first one, a tight end on the second one. Um, kind of reminiscent of last year when T.J. Hawkinson, mm-hmm. a tight end, caught the last ball that set up the game winner. That was on a fourth down, I think. I think things are also different year. over the course of a game. And then there being 30 seconds left in the game. Because over the course of the game, it's you as a, as a play calling, and I know people have said uh, new Kirk Ferentz because he takes a lot more chances now than he did 10 years ago. I believe yeah. that's the term they go with. Um, new Kirk. And they really like new Kirk because he's a lot more aggressive. Well, throughout most of the game, it, say it's the second quarter, maybe it's the middle of the third quarter, you don't want to throw an interception and just take a chance chucking it downfield. 30 seconds left in the game? I mean, if Nebraska picks it off and gets tackled at their own 40, at their own 35, yeah, there's timeouts, but you still have a chance to come out and stop them from getting to, into field goal range because you're basically throwing a punt downfield mm-hmm. with those over-the-top shots. Yep. So that's where things you, – you can get aggressive in those last 30 seconds. That's very different than the rest of the game because you know there's only so much time left in the game, and if you do make that completion, it obviously sets up things that go really well. Keith Duncan now on scholarship, by the way, for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, good for him. I mean, he's earned it. Yeah, and you know 29 what? Twenty-nine field goals made in one season—that's pretty and, impressive. And as much as uh, so, and I know folks are going to get upset with the the celebration after the the waving to the sideline, blowing kisses, the Dikembe Mutombo finger wag. Um, and I will say the same thing that I have—I'll say for just about any sport. If you don't like it, stop it. Like, if you don't want him to do it, don't let him do it. The bat flip deal. Yeah. Don't, don't let him hit a bomb. Yeah. Don't let him hit it yeah. out. If, yeah. if you don't want the, the pitcher to get jacked up and then fist bump and scream after a strikeout, don't strike out. Uh, so that, I mean, if a Husker kicker did that, if Waldock, 
would have got the walk off. Yeah. And he would have ran around insane. Would would anyone in red be that upset? Iowa fans would be, but that's natural but that, that's and that's what, why Nebraska is upset. It's obviously, but they earned it. Yeah. They, they got, won. They've got five in a row. To and the victor, the spoils. Exactly. And that is that's the part that's missing right now for Nebraska is there's not a lot of spoils because haven't been a lot of times walking off the field as the victor. Yeah. Yeah, it's been rough. I mean, Nebraska's got that Northwestern game that felt good. Um, you had the Michigan State win last season where Pickering hit all three of his field goals in the fourth quarter. Um, Illinois was a nice comeback win this season. Um, but man, it's been few and far between in terms of those uh, um, those close games. It's not ended well for Nebraska. Uh, we're going to take our first break here. When we get back, uh, we'll break down uh, what Nebraska was doing in the first half on first down. Uh, it was a lot of swing passes. Spoiler alert: I, I'm not a not a big fan of the swing pass. And I think we can get in depth on the those the last offensive drive for each team. Yeah, and and there's yeah, it, it's. Plenty to look at, and we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the season, kind of wrap up the whole of 2019. And the other sports are busy. And other sports are busy, <laughs> yes. Maybe uh, maybe some good sports that are that are going better that we can talk about, too. Plenty more to get to here on the Black Friday Reaction Show, our fifth annual here on the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Back here on the KLIN Husker Hour, Cole Stukenholtz, Caleb Henry, and you at 402-479-1400. If you want to call in, join us. It's fine with me. Dial us up. Um, let's dig into the first half first quarter, uh, first half, first down play calling because there was an awful lot of swinging going on. A lot of swing passes, Caleb. It was Just swing away. I, 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 I rewatched the game because my daughter, uh, my six-month-old, got me up at 6 a.m. this morning and uh, was rewatching the game. Ma- Matt Millen, at one point, I think it was the third time in a row that on first down, Nebraska threw a swing pass, and he was just like, I, I, don't, I, don't, know what's, I don't know what they're doing. He didn't have any other analysis other than to say, huh? What do you So I understand that it's a part of the offense and that if execution is there, like if you get a block, if you have an accurate throw leading the receiver, like all those things go well, sure, can be a decent play. And Vedrill did throw for one of those in the first half. Yes, Noah Vedrill just randomly came into the game in the first half. Everyone randomly came into the game in the first half. Yeah, and, and, threw, and threw a nice ball to Diedrich Mills. It was the longest gain on first down for Nebraska all game long. So, hey, credit where credit's due. Um, but, but you don't throw 20 swing passes to set up one. So <laughs> there, was, there was one to Stoll that was incomplete. Vedral threw one to Mills. Uh, there was another one to JD that went for minus six. There was another one to Stoll that went for minus three. So that's four swing passes on first down in the first quarter alone. And only one of them gained positive yardage. Uh, in the second half, in the second quarter, I should say, there was another one to Stoll for four yards. Uh, there was another one to Stoll for zero. Uh, and then there was one to Mills for zero. Three more, only one that gained positive yardage. Martinez, in the first half on first down, Caleb, threw five for six, completed five of them, for negative five yards. That's not a typo. That was his first down passing in the first half. On first down, he threw for negative five yards. There's almost no words for that. How are you supposed to, like, okay, how are you supposed to, against a defense that is very stingy, they stop just about everything, they're top five in the country in terms of scoring defense. And you're putting yourself behind the eight ball, like, voluntarily. Yeah. That's, I just, I, I didn't understand it. And that's one of the things that we have, that's been a conversation point over the course of the season. It's not a recent development. Yeah. Um, even last year, it was, well, the the horizontal pass, that kind of goes nowhere. And the only thing we've heard as an explanation is, well, you get your skill players and your speed players into space, and it also sets up some other things in the offense. 
well, if you're getting negative yards on it every play, I don't really see what it's setting up type of thing. Well, there's no space either. Like, yeah. here, And here's another problem. And I didn't slow things down. I haven't analyzed it very closely. But from what I saw, some, just some chatter on social media, there are times where Iowa's DB is fairly close to the line of scrimmage which is a problem. There's also times where Nebraska doesn't have the numbers advantage on the side in which they throw the swing, the swing to. Mm-hmm. Get a check out of that, run it, if they've got too many guys out wide because they're anticipating a swing pass because you did it seven times in the first half, eight if you count the ill-advised Wyatt Mazur, you know, he wants to try to throw it, he doesn't the get the pass, pass off, happening. it was a loss of eight yards. That was the worst first ha- first down of the first half. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm just bringing my DBs up to the line. Like yes. I just press coverage no matter the down. Yes. Because the other part is, how many times did Nebraska hit someone over the top? How many times did Nebraska... Not once hit, over the top. Yeah, never over the top. You but Cade Warner ha- underneath twice for big first. Yeah, That's it, it. and then how many times did Nebraska... as Jack well, Mitchell likes to talk about those kind of those mid yardage yeah. throws anywhere in that like five to fifteen yards towards the middle, like between the hashes, yeah. between the numbers. I should say there was there was one over the top. JD's touchdown from Luke McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. So hey, that one worked. That, that was well, that, that was the one thing they threw. And against that, the wall that one was stuck. screwy too, just because of McCaffrey coming in and the way they did it was the get, getting him out into space. And then, obviously, on that last drive, they tried to do the same thing. But he was only in there as a play package. Yeah. It, it, and so that's the one over the top because you had to get a little cute with it, as, as Frost said at halftime. But they, there wasn't anything that was a design within the offense as it's moving traditionally that was anything other than a lateral pass and hoping someone broke something. And, and another thing that, that, uh, that I had a problem with on that so in, in the first half, you run 15 first down plays. Nine of them were for zero or negative yards. And Frost knows that, and he, and he proved it because in the, in the, the uh, pre-second half conversation with Ben McLaughlin on the Husker Sports Network, he literally tells him, yeah, you know, we're going we're gonna to not be so cute and we're going to go try to win a game. Like He knows that they went cute. He talked at the end of the game about, hey, you know, is it the last game? We want to unload the playbook. No! You don't have to play every play in your playbook. Look what you did in the third quarter on first down, Caleb. You ran 10 first half, uh, first down plays in the third quarter alone. Nine of them were runs. Eight of them were runs with Mills. Two of them were option plays where Martinez kept. Mills had one. Mills had eight carries for 31 yards on first downs. Just on first downs. Yes. Nebraska was able to convert six times on either a third down or one-fourth down. They were six for nine on third and fourth down in the third quarter. Why? Because, because they, they were, were on schedule. schedule. Say it with me, everybody. Like <laughs> It's not hard to understand, and, and it took a whole half to figure it out. When you did it four times in the first quarter, where swing passes got you nothing, except for the one that you got from Vedral to Mills, and then you didn't have Vedral throw another pass in the game, if if you're if you're wondering about Martinez, yeah, so are we. I don't know if he has an you know upper body injury. Jack Mitchell yesterday on Twitter is like, <laughs> yes, I all I hope for this offseason is, is to find out that Adrian Martinez had an upper body injury. But I digress. Like you had plenty of time in the first half to diagnose that mm-hmm. and figure it out, and they didn't. You didn't figure it out until halftime, and by then, yeah, you got the game tied, but. You know, you, you gave up too much. You didn't get enough back in the first half, clearly, because once you got those two touchdown drives, Nebraska's offense ran into a wall because Iowa's defense figured it out. And by then, Iowa had enough left in the tank to, to drive down, almost get into field goal range, had to punt, and then they did get down into field goal range with next to no time on the clock. It's just so hard because, I, I mean, I haven't watched. I watched Iowa play Iowa State in the Cyhawk game. And then I've maybe seen one or two other Iowa games over the course of the year. So I haven't watched in depth to see how they cover the flats. I don't know if the Husker, like if the coaching staff thought they saw something out there. I would like to think they did for how many times they went to it. But the other side of that is we've known how much Nebraska has thrown into the flats. So this wasn't a, a recent relevation of, oh, I think we've got something here. It was. Yeah. That was frustrating. Watching J.D. Spielman throw a pass in the first half was frustrating. McCaffrey run out of the field for a play, throw a touchdown, 
and then Vedro come in for a play, and that first half was just the the weirdest sequence of everything offensively. I don't look. I don't have a problem necessarily with a few packages here and there. Like you got obviously a touchdown off of one of those packages for Luke McCaffrey. He played he played quarterback. And he threw the touchdown. He did a great job selling the run wide and got over the top with J.D. Spielman. That's fine. But there was just too much of it. It was not a coherent strategy. Like, if you if you didn't think that Martinez was able to run the whole offense, give a whole drive to Noah Vedral or Luke McCaffrey. And and Frost was asked about McCaffrey's usage after his touchdown pass in, in post game. He was asked if after he threw that touchdown to J.D., um, hey, you think about keeping him in there at that point? Um, Frost said no. When it's tied 24-24 in the, in the fourth quarter, I don't think that was a good time to do that. Um, it wasn't tied at that point. There was actually six minutes left in the third quarter, and it was 24-17. to um, So, and, and not Look, I don't know that going to Luke McCaffrey to run the entire rest of the game means that Nebraska ends up winning the game. I don't know that. It's not a... It's like... People out there who are, um, you know, they're they're big Luke McCaffrey fans, and I don't blame you. Luke McCaffrey looks awesome, but he's also only played against Maryland extensively, and in a couple of spots here and there, like he's not being asked to do much. It's a small sample size. Yeah, uh, Martinez has a lot more responsibility on his shoulders, and we can have this whole separate discussion as to whether or not that's warranted because he didn't seem to do very well this season with what everybody perceives to have been more responsibility. And that third quarter was that kind of pulled back playbook that we've talked about yeah. over the last half of this season is because we know going into the season that Frost said Martinez, they opened up all of it, said, here's the whole playbook. You've got everything. You've got a year under your belt. Maybe it was a year too soon. We, we can kind of look at that a little bit in retrospect now that say maybe there was too much of the playbook. It should have been pared down just a little bit. Yeah, you can probably open up a little bit more, maybe not the entirety of uh, of of the playbook for a 19, 20-year-old at a Power 5 school. But when things were pulled back, whether it was Vedral or McCaffrey or Martinez, the offense looked really good. They were able to go because the base schemes were there. Yeah, and, and you you seem to, in that third quarter, you seem to take it more off of, you know, hey, we're going to try to get this package in, we're going to try to get this uh, this guy in in a random spot. We're going to have Wyatt Mazur and J.D. Spielman throw but No, you had the one for, for Luke McCaffrey. It was in a good spot, field position-wise, first down time. You know, it, was a, it was a nice play to take a shot. It worked. That was the only time they tried it. Mm-hmm. You didn't have five or six trick plays or different quarterbacks like you did in the first half. That's why the third quarter went so well for Nebraska. You also stuck to the run. And like you said, I'm not run the ball guy. I'm just do what works guy. Mm-hmm. But it was obvious that the the swing passes and the juggling quarterbacks was not working. And you're trying to get guys on the field that are doing well. Dedrick Mills was doing well. He was the only guy who seemed to be able to gain on consistent play uh, consistently on his play calls when it, when they called his number. Fifteen the, carries in a quarter. The Fifteen carries in that third quarter. That just yeah. feels ridiculous to me. Yeah, because there were there were games that. He didn't have 15 carries in the game. He had 15 against South Alabama. He did not have 15 carries in a game again until the Wisconsin game, and that was his high. I think he had to, like 19. Yeah, but he was the he, he was the featured back yesterday. for the whole game. That, yes. that, that that makes a big difference. But then 15 in a quarter. Yeah, ended up with 24 carries for 94 net yards. Um, he lost a total of eight, so 94 yards almost got to 100. Um, his it, I, look, he played really well against Wisconsin. He got 189 yards. Um, he was necessary to yesterday because Nebraska was not moving the ball otherwise. Um, and, and, you know, it, we, we, have, we have a few more things to break down, um, and I want to get into some more big-picture stuff, too, just in terms of the whole of 2019, what that all looked like when you put it all together and look back in retrospect, because there's a lot of lessons that this staff and the players, I think, mm-hmm. can learn um, for the kids that are coming back. There's a few seniors who are departing, but not a whole lot on offense, though. No, offense looks good, and we still got to mention where volleyball, both men's and women's basketball have been this week. Uh, a lot going on. Uh, volleyball and women's basketball going again later today. Nice sweep yesterday for the volleyball. They're uh, not going to win the Big Ten, but they're still in good shot to host a regional. First and second round. Yep. All right, we're going to come back in just a bit. This is the KLIN Husker Hour, 1400 KLIN. 
giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour, thanks for joining us here on a post-Black Friday show. Mentioned this earlier in the show. This is the fifth year that I've been doing this, and it's the fifth straight year Nebraska's <laughs> beaten Iowa. I think I'm the problem, people, so I'm just going to go ahead and call off next year's uh, uh, K-Line Husker Hour just to make sure Nebraska has a shot against Iowa because clearly they don't while I'm doing this show. Um, so Real quick, yeah. before, because I know we're going to get kind of big picture on the season. Yeah, yeah. I really quickly here, if we can do this in, in five minutes, mm-hmm. um, the last offensive drive for Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. And, and the the last offensive drive for Iowa, because, I mean, ne- Nebraska then had the ball for a second on a try to do something on the kickoff, and we don't really have to get into that part because there was one second left. But starting for Nebraska, you've got the ball. There's, what, three, three and a half minutes left in the game, I believe it was. On Nebraska's last, Nebraska's last, last drive. Nebraska's last 2.32 remaining. 2.32. Yep, that's right. Two thirty-two because when they because got the fumble recovery. yes, because Iowa got the ball with three minutes and change, and then fumbled it on their second play, and we went, "Uh oh, yep. what's happening here?" Yep. Um, so first play, eight yards to Wyatt Mazur, um, which then you start looking at that, going, "Okay, Mazur's on the field, not Dedrick Mills," um, which that's kind of been a trend over the last few games. So take that for what it is. Then I believe, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, and I know you've got a paper in front of you, Martinez runs for six mm-hmm. and a first down. Yep. So you set up a first down in two plays. Things start to look well. And then they get a little bit interesting on that, that next set of sticks. Because uh, I believe, was it on second down that McCaffrey came in? Yes. Yeah, so you ran Azure, uh, Azure oh, runs for one, one on first For down. one, and then McCaffrey comes in. Sprints out to the left, and I know Frost said after the game that there was a, someone open. Um, he thought there on, was someone in the flat. In the flat, and I haven't watched the replay on it, so I don't know. Um, I also haven't watched the replay to know that when McCaffrey did scramble back and picked up four yards, there was the illegal blindside block. Fifteen yards back, and as Kellen Haviken said, penalties was going to be the big thing, and that was a, about one spot that you could not afford to go back 15 yards. So then you're backed up on second down. You're off schedule. Martinez scrambles and goes out of bounds. He said after the game, he was still thinking play aggressive to go down and get the win. As you and I said on Facebook Live, and he even said in hindsight, which is 2020, should have been playing for overtime, stayed in and let that clock run. Hmm. And then a Wyatt Missoula run on third down brings up the, the punt on fourth. That was Nebraska's last offensive possession. Yep. Punted 45 seconds left. Iowa gets it back with 41 seconds left on the clock. And the, the Luke McCaffrey play, so not only did he come in and he ran on, but he ran on a little bit late and they had to slow it down. Frost didn't mind that. He was interested in just either getting down in, in, in field goal range or leaving nothing left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is part of what the offseason lessons can be. Communication... To where everyone knows over there what's happening. Because if that's Frost's mindset, then Martinez has to absolutely know stay in bounds on that next play. Yep. All the way around. That's communicating in the offseason about two-minute drills. Um, and, and what you're going to do if you're down, if you're up, if you're tied. Uh, if, what, what time left on the clock. Down and distance. Hey, if we get behind the sticks because of a, fir- uh, a 15-yard penalty... That probably means we're going to raise the white flag and try to play for overtime instead of potentially mm-hmm. giving the other team enough time to throw a couple of passes and get in field goal range for a guy who's hit about 55 in, in one season. Um, so, yeah, that and, and communication in-game, too, mm-hmm. because if you haven't delivered that message because you're working on other stuff during the week or what have you, you got to have a method. you got to have a way to convey that message in the huddle. On the from the sideline to the field, you know whatever you, whatever it is. If it's hey, I'm gonna jump on I'm gonna jump on my right foot three times. If I want you to not go out of bounds by any means necessary, like stay in bounds. I don't care if you take a six yard loss. Like there has to be more improvement in the communication in the off season, and that's one of a, a whole host of of things that we could talk about in the off season. But that would have helped a ton. And that changes the end of that game. Yes, uh, theoretically. Now, Iowa's last drive. 
And if you look at it and you go, okay, there's less than a minute left, they just threw it over the top, got in field goal range, and, and no, waited. No timeouts either, because they used the last one on Missouri's third. Oh, round. no. Was this a roller coaster mm-hmm. of a last minute of game time? You have, I believe, was the first play? In, the no, the first, first one was, was over the, the top. Ball. Yeah. And, I mean, it looks across the field like, oh, man, that's a, that's a great catch. You see the replays and you go, oh, that ball came out. Yep. That's review number one. Mm-hmm. And if you start and say there's less than a minute left and that's review number one, you, you already know that the, there's craziness. Uh, I believe incomplete pass on second down. Yep. Um, third down, a 22-yard pickup down the middle. And then Cam Taylor Britt blew the guy up. It was a it was a great hit to come across and hit it. But I said in real time, right when it happened, I go. Well, they threw the flag too. I go, that's targeting. Yep. Flag comes flying in I there. So too. And I went, yeah, just because of the way the guys the guy's head went back and the way uh, Cam Taylor Britt came in, I was like, oh no. I mean, if it's the last game and you lose a guy for the last twenty seconds, I guess whatever you'd like him to be there for those last couple plays. But then we're looking at that replay, and it's shoulder to shoulder, and we're talking about how even if they call targeting on the field when they go to the re- – because this is then review number two and the last one that yep. they would have. Yep. When they go to look at it, and if they decide it's not targeting, that 15 yards does come back. Which was a change to the rules this season, yep. which is good because before – you could reverse the ejection, but you couldn't reverse the penalty. Which, which made no sense yeah. if, if you go, and they got a better view on it, yep. and it was shoulder to shoulder. Yep. So that moved it 15 yards back again. And if you're a Husker fan, you're going, sweet, two reviews, both times, Iowa has lost yards on this. Well, yeah, it, you lost the completion, then you lost the extra penalty. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're looking at that going, okay, this is not the worst thing in the world. Iowa's still out of field goal range. Um, where they're at kind of midfield-ish, and then another 22-yard pass. And I don't know what the officials were doing on setting the ball, because uh, this was another big thing on that last drive. Yeah, they held up play for like 30 seconds. They held it up a lot. while, And then because it was a first down, they didn't roll the clock yet. Sure. So with seven seconds left on the clock, Iowa was able to, they could have run in two or three different personnel groups. <laughs> By the time they got there, um, senior quarterback Nate Stanley spiked it right away. Uh, we were all saying, I, I realize you want to just get that spike in, yep. but at the same time, they could have just let it roll to three seconds and then spiked it. Uh, you have to snap it. it with at least four. Yeah, if you snap it with three or less, that ends the 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 it would have ended regulation, not the game. Yeah, um, but they could have run a couple more. Yeah, seconds there was still off two more seconds they could have taken off there to make which it, to ends make it the a game. true walk off, which yeah. it wasn't. There was one second left. Um, so that is the that was just a lot of craziness over the last two minutes there, and again, kind of encapsulates the the Nebraska season on the things are going well. There's a chance, big penalty off schedule. Miscommunication, out of bounds, have to punt, big play, called back, another big play, big play, field goal to walk off. And Jack Mitchell uh, pioneers this. Penalties matter. Uh, it did not look like a penalty to me. The guy got hit. He, he it was Mark. It was not not Mark Elvis number nineteen. It was Mike Williams number nineteen mm-hmm. on offense. He comes out with his hands up. He hits the guy in the side. It's not a block in the back. They called an illegal blindside block. He wasn't throwing a block. He was screening him off, which you are allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be interested to see if there's any sort of expl- further explanation from the Big Ten, like they reviewed, whatever. Probably not. Um, but, look, if you don't have that penalty called, it's it's third and five. Maybe Nebraska is able to do something. With, that, with the gain from McCaffrey on that play, um, you are at the 49-yard line. So you're right mm-hmm. at midfield. You get one big completion like Iowa got, and there were some third down and fourth down completions to Cade Warner in this game. He got more than 15 yards both times. Uh, you could you could have theoretically been able to do that, and then it's maybe a setting up for a Waldock walk off like you like you predicted. Mm-hmm. But the penalties called can't you know whatever penalties don't matter. And then you get to <laughs> so our program director walks in wearing his Iowa sweater. Okay, well we can leave that alone. Ugh. Um, and so then you go to the the Iowa completions. Look, you you are you're 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 trying to prevent Iowa from getting downfield in one shot. They almost did on that first play, and I wouldn't be surprised if that maybe spooked 
Chenander and and made him call those softer zones mm-hmm. to not let anything over the top, but then you open up the middle. Yeah, Stanley is a veteran enough quarterback to know, hey, look at that. I got this guy wide open over the middle. He's going to take it because you get to stop the clock with the first down. The defense ended the game like they began it. They were just not aggressive, mm-hmm. and it cost them. They were not aggressive early on, and you you had one guy break contain. It was it looked like Caleb Tanner on the outside on the on the reverse, mm-hmm. uh, and then in the on the second play, the 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 Goodson cut it back off off. He went between the left tackle and the tight end. Uh, both line both middle linebackers went with the line. They got sucked into the play. Goodson cut it back, and the only guy left was Dismuke, and he missed the tackle. Uh, Goodson was able to kind of hurdle him, and, and then he was gone for 55 yards. Those are the first two plays. That's how you begin the game, and then you end it with hey, you got a, you got that fumble, you got that fumble recovery. Um, good on the defense for getting that on the on the second to last drive, but that that last drive where you just had to have a stop, mm-hmm. um, and and you you call a soft zone. They, he's able to find it both times underneath, and and that's that. Let's rewind really quick, just because I, I do want to get to the the other three sports that have gone on. Um, that we're airing across uh, all of our stations, whether it's here on 1400 KLIN, uh, B1073, uh, 105.3 WOW FM, uh, obviously Froggy taking uh, football as well. So let's just start at the beginning of the year. South Alabama. Go get a win. Things feel pretty good, although you wish it would be by a bigger margin than 14 <laughs> Yeah, to, to, to start out, yep, start out the, the year. Um, get a big lead on Colorado. And then you start to kind of see the way the the rest of the season's going to go as as the Buffaloes storm back in the fourth and overtime is what overtime is. A no doubter over Northern Illinois, that would be one of only two no doubters over the course of the season, that other one being Maryland just this last week. Yep. Um go down to the wire with an Illinois team that ends up being a lot better than what we thought oh, that yeah, season. For sure. Um the way that they they were able to play over over the rest of that big uh, kudos to Lovey Smith as I'm a Bears fan so I like to see him do well um, but as long as Nebraska gets the W I'll like I like to see him get the dub uh, do well no. then believe it or not game day came to Lincoln this season yeah the college game day <laughs> thing still is mystifying ESPN college game that day feels was like in about Lincoln five years ago um, Ohio State rolls in that one uh, get to homecoming. Need that last second field goal? Is that one of the only games that Northwestern covered? Probably over the course of the year. Probably. Um, yeah. As we would tell Brendan Stye, stop picking Northwestern to cover. Uh, and then you get into that kind of that buzzsaw there. Well, I say buzzsaw just because of the way the games turned out. If you looked on paper, this was not a buzzsaw of games. Um, getting whacked by Minnesota, the Indiana game, and then the Purdue game. Those between the two buys. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to Wisconsin. And okay, prior to Wisconsin, things did not look good at all. And then playing against Wisconsin, Maryland, and Iowa, that team looked different. It seemed like they found something in that second bye week. The Indiana and Purdue games were both god awful. The Indiana game, you have every chance to to win that game late. You don't. Um, even though you have backup quarterbacks playing. McCaffrey and Vedral played well enough to win, just the defense let them down. And then in the Purdue game, speaking of defense, you hold Purdue's backup quarterback, not as good as Indiana's backup quarterback, to zero three and outs, and then you let their walk-on third stringer go down the field and, and get the game-winning touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, man, he should have been up about 24-28 nothing in that Purdue game as well. But, yeah, in that Wisconsin game, that you, you find something – you had a shot. You got inside the 48 times. You only got points on three of those drives. Mm-hmm. You held them to three field goals in the red zone. Iowa was only in the red zone one time yeah. yesterday. They had three huge touchdowns. They got one field goal that was outside of the red zone because Nebraska got a couple tackle for losses. Um, but they, they just didn't get there, and it didn't matter. Um, and, and, yeah, then you, then you have the, the Maryland game go the way it goes, and then we've, we've talked about Iowa all, all morning. So, yeah, it, I think the I think the haunting part for Nebraska is not necessarily the Iowa game, um, Indiana and Purdue. Just, Very much so. Uh, uh, Indiana what, what, Purdue, what happened after that first bye um, week? You know, what, uh, and then not letting that Colorado game slip away. Yes, yes. Um, how much of the season? And I know this was said last year. If you don't let it get away with Colorado, how much of the rest of the season looks different? What's the momentum like? 
Because um, if Nebraska beats Colorado, they're, what, 4-0 and going into Ohio State? Yeah. Now, even if Ohio State still does what they do, at that point, then you're 4-1. Yeah. That's, a, that's still a different feeling, even with there only being that one extra loss. Um, and you look at the back half of the season and go, we just got to get two. Yep. Just got to get two, but... Yeah. Is what it is, five and seven, a couple games to watch later today, uh, and we'll try to give you those as well as men's basketball was in the Caymans, women's basketball is in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the cane count is, but I think she's over 200 for her career. Only three other Huskers have done that. Blocked shots for junior Kate Kane. Yeah. Uh, women's basketball and volleyball, last game of the regular season, Ohio State tonight. That's right. So we'll get into a little bit more of that in the last segment. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to hit a break. Come back after this. This is Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour. Back in a minute. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Back here on the KLIN Husker Hour, 1400 KLIN. Caleb Henry and Cole Stukenholtz with you. Another post-Black Friday show, another Nebraska loss to Iowa. It was 27-24. Caleb, let's talk about a team that won some this week. It was uh, Nebraska men down in the Caymans. They uh, come away with a 2-1 and weekend. What did they do down there? Well, yeah, going down in the way Nebraska had looked, they were actually uh, sitting at, what, 2-2 two and two and two going down to the Caymans. And the way things had gone, you didn't really know was what Nebraska team was going to show up. Was it the Nebraska team that's going to make shots? Or was it the Nebraska team that was going to get out-rebounded 2-3-1 and three to one and not make anything on the way? But Nebraska ball does enough, gets by Washington State by 11. That one was uh, really tight down at, the, uh, down at the end. Had to make some runs against George Mason, uh, but that George Mason team is good. Like Since they popped onto the scene, really, in their final uh, final four a couple years ago, they are solid. I think they've only got, what, one loss on the year, something like that? Yeah, I think so. Um, 85-66, the final there, Georgia Mason on top, and then you get a third-place game um, a little bit earlier in the afternoon, and a 74-67 win over South Florida. So, And then, obviously, you got to enjoy the beach, so I don't know what kind of team-building stuff there is, but I think Nebraska ball feels pretty good uh, coming out of this week. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you wanted to get at least a, a winning road trip, so to speak. Uh, you want to take like two out of three team. when you go to those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did that. Um, look, that, that game against Washington State, you had three, you had five guys in double figures. You had Cheatham, Green, Burke, and Mack, all as starters, and then Kevin Cross off the bench at 14. Um, then that second game against George Mason, I mean, this is going to be a trend for Nebraska all season. Um, they were just dominated on the boards, 49-26 to um, against the Patriots. Uh, Deshaun Burke led the team with 14 points. Hanif Cheatham had 13. And then Cheatham, man, against South Florida, 26 Burke had 21. Um, those two are going to be huge for Nebraska all year long. Um, Cam Mack is just on a tear uh, in terms of distributing the ball, though. It's it's pretty impressive. He had six assists in the first game. He had uh, just three against George Mason. Might explain the the uh, you know kind of the mm-hmm. offensive struggles there. Maybe George Mason did something a little differently that other teams will try to replicate. Uh, but then seven assists in that win against South Florida in the third place game. He's just a good athlete that, that you watch go around the floor and when he has fun um, things go well. But then Nebraska ball this next week at Georgia Tech Big Ten ACC Challenge on Wednesday at Creighton next Saturday. Big big week for men's basketball. Yeah, Creighton just beat Texas Tech, a top 15 team. They won that in overtime late yesterday. So going to be a tough week for the Huskers. Women's basketball and volleyball to wrap things up just around the corner. Yep, that's right. Alright, we're going to finish things up when we come back. Post Black Friday edition of the KLIN Husker Hour here on 1400 KLIN. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Back here to wrap things up on a Saturday morning. Kind of a down and dreary Saturday morning after Nebraska falls to Iowa, falls to 5 and 7. Embrace and, uh, your family this weekend. Let like, them know you love them. Likely falls out of bowl contention. There is an outside chance that Nebraska can make it into a bowl. Here, uh, just if you're interested, here are the nine teams that you want to cheer against today. Michigan State, by the way, they play Maryland. Good luck with that. We all saw what Maryland mm-hmm. did last week. Um, Liberty, North Carolina, Army, Colorado, Oregon State, Louisiana Monroe, 
Duke, Middle Tennessee. Any of those, if, if any two of those nine teams win today, then it, the, the, the five and seven bowl dream that lived in 2015 mm-hmm. dies for 2019. Yeah, that is what it is. But you know who is going to the postseason? Nebraska women's volleyball. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And they're still in a chance to host a first and second round, which would be amazing. Yep. That would actually be next weekend, the sixth and the seventh. Um, got a sweep over Maryland. Take that, Maryland. Just getting rocked by Nebraska sports. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep that up as long as we can because their ba- men's basketball team is really good, like number six in the nation. Hey, Nebraska beat them a couple years ago when they yeah. were top 15. Hey, so then that's, never that's fine with me. But taking on Ohio State to wrap up the regular season doesn't look like the conference championship thing is going to happen. Uh, Ohio State did beat Wisconsin, though. Um, Wisconsin swept Nebraska twice uh, this year. So you got got to kind of see how things go taking on uh, this Buckeye squad. But it is at home at the Devaney Center, and that game will be over on B1073 at 7 o'clock tonight. And then women's basketball at the South Point Shootout in Las Vegas. Uh, a 67-54 win over USC, um, and they play Sacred Heart today. That game at 530, and that'll be here on 1400 KLIN. So nice. we're just moving stuff all over, covering it all. That's right. Um, I didn't mention this. I had a couple other things jotted down. Um, the 2019 season... We look. It was it was not good. Nebraska was not. I mean, you were thinking maybe West Division outside chance. No, not not ready for that. Uh, let's go back to the beginning here. You had Adrian Martinez, who was third in Heisman odds before the season started. Um, Maurice Washington, that whole off season situation, suspended. For the first half of the opener, and we're going to have to do an entire show just on season storylines. Someone's got to write a book. Um, then he's, you know, so he's also suspended for what was the first half in the Northwestern game, mm-hmm. um, and then he's got games where he's coming in and immediately going out because he's hurt, and then he ends up leaving altogether from the team, and who knows if he's going to be part of it. And then Wandale's on his tear. Wandale Robinson was the other point I wanted to and mention. And then, then he's gone for these last few yeah. games, as Coach Frost said after the game. Wandale said he was good to go. He tried to go, and then yeah. he just wasn't there. He had three games of over 150 total yards. Two of them were absolutely essential in Nebraska winning, Illinois and Northwestern. Um, really glad Nebraska had him on offense because just imagine what this season might have been without him. And no Conavai Noah yeah. yesterday yeah. either. And Noah's, Noah's season cut short too. All right, that is going to cut our, sh- our show short. Um, we are all done for the week. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, maybe dig into a little bit more basketball when we come back. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that. Thanks again for joining us here this morning. That's Caleb. I'm Cole. And as always, go Big Red.